0: Welcome to The Pilot Podcast.
1: Where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and recap other shows to answer your question, should I watch this?
0: My name is BJ.
1: And my name is Me Too.
0: And this week we're checking out the new Hulu comedy, Shrill.
1: So stay tuned to the end to see if BJ calls me Shrill.
0: I would not compare you to Annie in any way.
1: Did you see that one of the issues with when Hillary was campaigning is men kept calling her Shrill? even though her voice is literally the opposite of
0: shrill. Yeah, she doesn't have a shrill voice.
1: No, but men kept saying she was shrill.
0: Occasionally, your voice can be defined as shrill.
1: Ooh, I called it. Now let's get into the show. Beach, give us a little brief recap. Tell us your thoughts, how you feeling. You've just watched shrill.
0: Sure. So shrill is a breakout comedy series for A.D. Bryant. You might recognize her from SNL, where she's... Pretty prominent in those skits. And here she is a young woman who's really trying to change her life, take control of things. We see her in a work environment where she's not getting all the respect she deserves and wants. We see her relationships aren't going in the direction that she wants. But overall, I feel like she's still moving forward with the support of her roommate slash best friend and her parents. So really, it's about Annie finding self-esteem and self-confidence so she can become the person she deserves to be.
1: So how did you feel about it?
0: You know, I kind of started out with mixed feelings in the beginning. Annie's character is not someone I can directly relate to with some of the problems she's dealing with in work and relationships in life. But I really did like seeing the people she surrounds herself with, like her best friend Fran and her parents. And it's kind of heartwarming to know that Even though she's not feeling the best about where she is in life, that she really does have these people rooting for her and trying to help her become a better person. And that's always, you know, makes you feel good.
1: You're saying that you like everyone else in her life but her. And I agree. (laughs) In this pilot episode, (laughs) it was so hard to see Annie get dunked on repeatedly by the trainer, in the coffee shop, by the coffee shop staff, and the customer. By every single one of her coworkers, by the guy that she's sleeping with, by people on the street, by herself, that-
0: The list goes on and on.
1: (laughs) That random passerby, that when she does seem to make that shift toward the end of the episode Mm -hmm. into becoming the Lindy West we know and love, because Annie is based on Lindy West's experience when she lived in Seattle. I think Annie is in Portland. Uh you know that her family, friends are there for her transformation.
0: Yeah. So listeners who aren't aware, this is based off of a book by Lindy West, as Me Too mentioned, Shrill Notes from a Loud Woman. And so having that knowledge does kind of help us know where this show can go uh, in the future. It's only six episodes, but it gives you hope that we're seeing Annie in a rough spot in the start, but it's going to take a positive turn. And you see hints of that in the last few minutes of the episode.
1: It's just wild to think of Lindy West, whom we know now as this cultural critic and figure in pop culture, accepting some of the things that people kept saying to her Mm -hmm. throughout the episode. But she does write in her book, which I would recommend to our listeners, uh, about essentially the guy that Annie is seeing in the show is a guy who's sleeping with her, who feels affection toward her, but is embarrassed because she's fat. And Lindy West said that she had the same kind of relationship. And similarly, in the pilot episode, as Annie does, gets an abortion and has to navigate it with that guy. But it's strange to connect those two things. Like in the coffee shop, when Annie took a picture of that woman's flyer to be a personal trainer, Mm -hmm. and the woman said that her frame was small, and inside Uh. her, a skinny woman was fighting to come out. You know, I saw online that people were talking about a Facebook ad for this supposedly inclusive, not, it's kind of like MyFitnessPal, where you can do calorie counting in the app, but there also is a community around it, like a Millennial Weight Watchers. So I can't remember the name of the company, but- in their ad, after being lauded as this inclusive space and supportive space where you can go on and have this forum of people who are also trying to get healthy, not skinny or fat because your body's not an indicator, the ad said inside everyone is a skinny person waiting to come out, which was just shocking. How did all of the people in that ad room okay that?
0: Because they believe it. They
1: believe it. And then- A.D. Bryant, in that scene, when the trainer says that to her, turns around and another customer goes, oh, that lady was rude, right? Which angers me on two levels. One, I hate when people see something rude happening and instead of intervening on behalf of that person, if that person is clearly getting dunked on like that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you you need to intervene or say nothing and stand up in the fact that you're saying nothing. But instead, she tried to like seem supportive after And then she and the coffee store employee said that Aidy Bryant is delightful. That woman was out of pocket for saying what she said, but then said that she reminded them of Rosie O'Donnell.
0: That was rough. People were tearing her down in this episode.
1: Even when they were trying to uplift her.
0: Yeah. Like she couldn't catch a break at any point. But an interesting aspect of her getting torn down and picked on by her weight is I learned something new which you actually told me moments before the episode told me about the morning after pill, actually having a weight limit in terms of dosage effectiveness. So you have to be 175 or below for the pill's dosage to be at the optimal level that it's suggested to be effective. But because she's above that, she had been taking it, I think, seven times. And the pharmacist never told her that it might not be as effective as she's expecting it to be. Which is what led her, and also choices not to use other forms of birth control, but what led her to get pregnant.
1: It's so sad that she essentially paid a fat tax to sleep with her boyfriend. He's not even her boyfriend, but he prefers unprotected sex. And in order to accommodate him, because she is so needing affection, every single morning after they sleep together, she goes and gets a morning after pill, which means she pays $52 because she is so scared of losing him that she is willing to put up with that.
0: And he shows no respect for her, makes her go out the back door. Mm-hmm. She later asks to like have a serious conversation with him. And he's like, no, I don't want to talk to you.
1: He also refused to allow her to meet his roommates. Wild.
0: But she wants something that seems like a relationship, so she's willing to stick to it and compromise her own health.
1: I read this listicle that a friend sent me that I think was in BuzzFeed, and it was interactions that fat women report having that were just things that you can't imagine people actually saying to another human being. Mm -hmm. And one that really blew my mind, a woman walked into a Victoria's Secret the employee stopped her immediately and went, we don't have anything to fit those. Wild. I mean, I guess save her the time, but maybe say it like, we only go to a D or something. Don't.
0: Yeah, word it differently. Don't
1: do that because it, it that's hostile versus like l- literally being helpful. And then another one was, this woman was at a store and picked up the last of some kind of dress or something, and she was buying it for a friend who is smaller than she is. So the size, I think it was like a size 4 dress that she picked up as a gift for a friend. And she walks up to the counter to get it, and another woman is next to her complaining to the sales associate that they had they didn't have any more of the dress that she wanted, which is the one that the fat woman had. And the sales associate took it out of her hand and put it in the other person's hand.
0: She stole it from the woman.
1: Which is wild on two levels. One, I dare you to take something out of my hand. Two, if I want to buy a size double zero, a size 45, whatever jeans, whether it makes sense or not, I'm going to buy it. You're not going to take things out of my hand.
0: The customer is always right. I don't have to wear these clothes. I just buy them because I want them.
1: This is my choice. Yeah. So the idea of someone being like, oh, let's fix that and giving it to the other woman. I've never raged like that (laughs) through a computer screen. I wanted to be in that moment to not be the customer at the coffee shop who went, oh, that was crazy. And instead, maybe physically intervene on that woman's behalf. Turn up. Snatch it right back.
0: And I think it's safe to assume in this fictional world of the show, Annie has been in very similar situations. Yes. Which brings up something interesting that you looked into, that the actress A.D. Bryant actually had custom outfits made for the show.
1: She said most of the clothes she had made for the show were custom, which is just another layer of shrill. I was shocked when you, connected the <laughs> when you connected the dots that shrill was based on Lindy West's book because that book is so sharp and powerful and funny. And shrill in this first episode, at least for the first 20 minutes until she has that shift in her character and starts to advocate for herself a little bit is so sad and you just feel Mm -hmm. sorry for her the whole time. And I rarely laughed except for when I think the comedian's name is Patty Harrison plays an assistant. She and Annie had a little exchange and at the very least that made me laugh and that was it. But what I did like about Shrill is not a lot of shows about fat women even say the word fat and they really confront that head on. And it seems like A.D. Bryant is also centering that experience in her press run on the
0: show. That's true. I like that she is very upfront about using the word fat and Mm -hmm. the effect that her weight has on her life and interactions with people. But I also feel like the show is doing a good job of not like shoving that message down your throat. It's not like, oh, I'm fat. This sucks. It's just worked in naturally. It sucks what she's going through, but it's also making you see things that you probably overlook in day-to-day life, and you're like, yes, this is happening, and now I'm more aware of it because of this show.
1: Because it's her experience. It's like when you see a movie or a show about Black people, and you can tell when it's written by us versus Mm -hmm. when it's not, because whenever it's not and it's about some kind of tragedy, it's always like, oh, woe is me, the Black person, and... (laughs) just and it just feels like it's beating you over the head yeah over and over again like you are black nothing good will happen because you are black versus when an actual black person is in the writing room yes you can confront whatever the trauma is in the story but we are multi-dimensional people as is any human being and so i appreciate that about shrill as you said it calls attention to fatness but it's not like a PSA about it. It's just, right. I'm a fat woman living in this world that is not always accommodating to fat women. Here is the, Here are the ways that suck, but also these are the other parts of my personality because I'm a dimensional human being.
0: Exactly. We can immediately tell in this one episode that she is a complex person. Mm-hmm. She has different feelings, emotions, things she cares about, things she's struggling with. And that all came across naturally. And her weight is just a part of that, but not what defines any of that. Yes. Me too. We need to pay our light bill.
1: Well, let's get to paying it.
0: For our listeners, this episode is brought to you by Audible. So what are you listening to this week?
1: This week, I would recommend our listeners check out Lindy West's Shrill, which this series is based on. Shrill is personally one of my favorite books. Her writing is sharp, warm, and sticks to your ribs like grits, as we say in the South. So I couldn't more strongly recommend Shrill.
0: That sounds great. You can find that book and pretty much any other book at audibletrial.com slash thepilotpod. You'll get a free 30-day trial membership, be able to browse their unmatched selection of audio programs, and pick a title to download free and start listening.
1: Again, that's audibletrial.com slash thepilotpod. Happy listening!
0: And now back to our show. So, Me Too, I think one of my favorite characters, and probably yours from what I can gather, is her roommate, Fran.
1: Yes, So much like her family, I really like Fran because this is a woman who is also not thin, who has a lot of character, is multidimensional. I also like that she's not just the black friend, which I was scared she was going to be. Yeah. And I think she'll be developed more in future episodes. And I like how they framed her encouraging Annie to get an abortion and not linking herself to that man. That scene was really powerful between the two of them of Annie finally confessing that her accidental pregnancy feels like the only way that she could become a mother because no man would love her. And Fran helping her dig and get to that moment and then being like, no, that is not a thing. I acknowledge what you're feeling, but no.
0: Yeah, you can have a baby later.
1: It's obviously her choice, but if that's the reasoning, not great. I thought that was a really powerful exchange.
0: I also like that Fran was there to correct Annie in multiple instances and kind of, in a sense, put her in her place, but in a supportive way. Because sometimes if you're just feeling kind of down and out, you do need that friend to be like, look, this is what's actually happening to you. I know you feel different and are perceiving it in a different way, but this is how Mrs. Doubtfire actually works. You can have a baby (laughs) 10 years from now. Let's like keep things in a realistic perspective.
1: (laughs) I also hope that she rubs off on Annie a little bit because Mm -hmm. she was talking about with that Mrs. Doubtfire scene was talking about how she's trying to date multiple people. And I don't think Annie envisions herself as being able to date even one person in a rational way. Yeah. So hopefully Fran kind of rubs off on her more with that.
0: Yeah. Give her some confidence. Be like, you deserve to have healthy relationships. And that can be multiple if you want it to be.
1: Speaking of side characters, her boss at the paper is, I think, loosely based on Dan Savage, who is a cultural critic who Lindy West had a lot of back and forths with about fatness because he was very anti-fat and said that fat people were a drain on the economy, a drain on our healthcare system. And he and Lindy had some tough exchanges there. And I think she said he never explicitly apologized, but did at some point begrudgingly say that his views were maybe a little harsh. (laughs)
0: Let
1: me back it up. In Shrill, Lindy West talks about how she had public essay exchanges between herself and Dan Savage talking through fatness, and fat discrimination, Mm -hmm. and fat phobia. And in this show, it looks like Annie is starting to speak up for herself to her boss. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if we'll see a little bit of that back and forth too. While it's not exactly made for TV to have two essayists typing rapidly at each other, I would love to see a little bit more of an exchange there too. Because A big part of shrill is when Lindy starts to buck up for herself in her office space.
0: Yeah, they should include some sort of ongoing discord between them. Because to be honest, I think the work environment was the least interesting aspect of her life that we saw. Um, Her personal relationships, her family, home life, her not really boyfriend, boyfriend, even the coffee shop. I found all of that more interesting than her office
1: Yes, the two brief interactions that she had at the coffee shop were far more interesting than the entire office. Was there anything else we were going to talk about?
0: I think before we go into our rating, do you want to tell everyone about that really catchy song that they played at the end?
1: Yes, they played a song for the closing credits that is by Tiara Wack, and it's called Pretty Ugly, and it looks like every song on the EP for Pretty Ugly is only one minute long. So I think we listened to the whole song (laughs) in that closing credit. It's on her album called Whack World, W-H-A-C-K World. So strong recommend. BJ and I were both bopping to Pretty Ugly.
0: It was really good. It was an awkward scene because it felt like a long time to watch Annie walking down a sidewalk. Yeah. But the music made up for that.
1: I think if this song wasn't as good, I would have just closed it. And just been like, if we missed anything, we missed it, whatever.
0: Those 30 seconds don't matter. But the song kept us watching. Kept us in.
1: Oh, actually, one more thing. You noted this. Are you scared they're going to keep the boyfriend around? Because Lindy West in the book leaves him. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they're going to keep him around on the show.
0: He made it clear throughout the beginning that he didn't want like a serious thing. But... And let me know if you felt differently. It seemed like he felt genuine concern when he asked her how the abortion affected her. Yes. So he might try and redeem himself or show some more uh, affection for her. But I think it would be best for Annie's character if they ended things completely.
1: I would love to see in episodes two and beyond a single Annie out on the town discovering her beauty and if she wants to date people cool but maybe getting to know herself and this is going to sound so corny but falling in love with herself that's a real thing i don't think she likes herself let alone loves herself
0: what is your final rating for shrill the hulu comedy starring Adie bryant
1: i would rate it get past the pilot and enjoy seeing annie become the baddest version of herself after the the flip that happens in the first episode. Because hear me out, it was hard watching her get repeatedly dunked on. And it felt kind of sad in a way that surprised me because Shrill is such a sharp book. But when Annie makes a decision for herself to get an abortion, it's almost like a, a switch flips in her where she learns that she can make decisions for herself and be assertive for herself and do things putting herself first. And that's when she has that second interaction with the trainer and tells her who she is. So I'm excited to see after this first episode who Annie becomes. But you just have to muscle through the sadness of this pilot.
0: Interesting. It's only six episodes. So I feel like if you're already gonna watch two thirds of it or one third of it, You might as well just finish it. Is that what you're suggesting? Yes. A slow start, but potential interesting growth for Annie's character. You know, I am going to go with an atypical rating as you did. Mm -hmm. My rating is ask your friend who's watching it about it.
1: Wow. So you're spending my time.
0: I'm saving my time by using your time.
1: You're spending my time.
0: You're spending it yourself. I'm just piggybacking on what you're spending.
1: So you text me and you're like, is it worth it? How is this second episode?
0: I'll send you a weekly text. Oh, how was the next episode?
1: What's the new development in Annie's world?
0: Yeah, how's her love life? How's her father doing? How's her work life? Is she getting to write the article she wants to?
1: So you're curious about the story, but not in love with the delivery?
0: Yes. Based off our conversations while watching, I'm more likely to read the book that this is based off of than to watch the show.
1: Totally fair.
0: And that's my rating. If you want to check out other reviews, head to our website at thepilotpodcast.com. And you can always subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a review.
1: You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at The pilot Pod. You can like us on Facebook at The Pilot Podcast. You can send us thoughts, feelings, how you're doing, dream journals, because I had, I'll tell you after this, I had a wild dream last night, to askthepilotpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.